Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. We got a great one for you today. First episode of the week, a big recap. We'll start off with all the top storylines from around the week, of course. We'll also get into my favorite segment of all time today. This week in Shohei Otani news, some power rankings, and a little while later, a topic that I don't even know if I quite understand yet. The Cincinnati Reds threw a no-hitter and lost? We'll get to that in a little while. But let's start with rounding the bases. And guess what? We have producer producer Raya out here for the first time joining me. Raya, thank you so much for joining me. Let's have a fun show. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. What a great week of baseball. Now, I know you were probably locked into so many games this weekend, but what was your favorite game to watch this weekend? Well, you know, I was actually, I witnessed my first ever no-hitter in person besides one I threw in high school. I witnessed my first ever no-hitter, uh, Reed Detmers of the Angels. I was at that game. It was, it was incredible. So I, I have to say that one. The, that was for sure the best game of the week. There were also lefty homers, Brett Phillips pitched, Mike Trout hit two bombs, Shohei got his MVP award. It was a blast. That was the best game for sure. So many great games for sure. So let's go ahead and round the bases. At first base, our first stop today, NL West. Let's show the NL West some love today. We have to show the NL West some love. Look, that's what that's what we do on this show. I don't care if you're the best team or the worst team. If you deserve credit, you'll get it on this show. And the NL West has been absolutely incredible all year long, from top to bottom. Everybody entering Sunday was over 500 on the year. Everybody. The last time that a division had every team over 500 through 30-plus games was in 1995. And that division had four teams. This one has five. They're all playing good. Who, who would have thought, if I were to told you a month ago, two months ago, that we'd be at this point in the year and the San Diego Padres, without Fernando Tatis, would be at the top of that division? Y'all would have called me crazy. You would have said, well, there's just no way. The Giants are good. The Dodgers are going to be great. Well, that's just not... Those teams are playing well. The Padres are playing phenomenal. Padres coming off a series where they go into Atlanta. They beat the Braves in two out of three. They're at the top of the NL West. Entering Sunday, the Padres and the Dodgers are both on pace to win over 100 games. The Giants are right behind them, by the way. They're on pace to win 98. I don't know what that – I don't know when the last time three teams in the division won 100 games. I don't even know if the, the math adds up for that to happen. But that'd be sick. So now we have all of these teams playing good. The top three have been fantastic. Everybody was thinking the Giants would take a step back this year. They've been really good. The Padres under Bob Melvin, I, I can't talk about them enough. I, I said at the beginning of the year, under Bob Melvin, this team's going to be different. And all they have to do is just tread water in that division. Just tread water until Tatis comes back. They've been even better than that. They've been phenomenal. They're at the top of the NOS. But then you have the teams at the bottom, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. And I'm not here to shame those teams. They've been awesome. The Diamondbacks are above 500. They're winning a bunch of games. They have one of the best pitchers in baseball at, that, at this point, Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen's 0.95 ERA is the lowest by a starting pitcher in his first five starts of a season in Diamondbacks history. He has been lights out. Fun fact, I faced him in the minors, and for years, when people ask who's, who's the best pitcher you faced in the minor leagues, 
He is always one of the pitchers that I mention. And people are like, really? Like, of everybody? Yes. And this year, he has been phenomenal. And the D-backs have been playing good baseball. We saw the Rockies get off to a fantastic start in Colorado. Now, they've slowed down a little bit, but they're still playing good baseball. They're still at 500 or better in that division. I just, I'm a really big fan of what is happening out in the NLS. And, And we all thought coming into the year, that it would be a good division because of the Dodgers and the Giants. But no, this is a good division because of every team in it. We saw the Dodgers go and lose a series to the Diamondbacks a week or so ago. Any, any of these teams on any given night can win a ball game. And that's just what I wanted to do with this segment. Just shed some light and, and highlight teams like the Diamondbacks that never get credit. Teams like the Rockies that got credit here on this show earlier in the year, but are still above 500. This division has been awesome, and it has been a lot of fun to watch in LOS baseball this year. All right, you guys heard it here first. Keep your eyes peeled to the NL West. Lots of great things happening. All right, so next up, second base. No UCL, no problem. Talk about what Bryce Harper has been doing. That's right. No UCL, no problem. And that's about... The, the reigning NL MVP, Bryce Harper, who hasn't played in the field in, in weeks now because he has a tear in his throwing arm, UCL, which is typically for, for a pitcher, that's Tommy John territory. Now, I think they're hopeful that they don't have to get the surgery or that it can heal without it, but you can't take this guy out of your lineup. He hasn't been playing in the outfield, but he's been DHing and he has been on a tear. Yes. He wins MVP last year. He also comes into this year on an absolute tear. I said this at at multiple points last year. I think Bryce Harper is one of the most underrated players in baseball. I know he just won an MVP award. I still think that he is one of the most underrated players in baseball. Look at Bryce Harper's last nine games. Now he's not playing the field. These are all from the DH position. He's 17 for 34 which is 500, with five homers, seven doubles, 12 RBIs, and 11 runs scored. Bryce Harper has been as good as advertised, if not better. They go into Dodger Stadium. They win the series at Dodger Stadium, and a big part of that is because of him. Some massive home runs he had late in those games at Dodger Stadium. On a huge stage, he goes in and just crushes. What a player. This is, this is impressive, by the way. One, because he has a torn, he has a tear in his UCL. That's nothing to just gloss over. That's not a, a pain-free injury by any point. But what he's doing with that torn UCL at the DH position is really impressive. This tweet from Jason Stark, visiting players with a home run and at least two extra base hits in three straight games at Dodger Stadium. Bryce Harper on Thursday, Friday, and tonight when this tweet was sent. That's a wrap on that list. The only Dodger to ever do it in a single season was Adrian Gonzalez, first three games of 2015. He's the only visiting player to ever do it. Bryce Harper, a home run and at least two extra base hits in three straight games at Dodger Stadium. He's on a tear again. He deserves a lot of credit, and I'd be remiss if I didn't add This wouldn't be possible without the implementation of the universal DH. We wouldn't be able to be talking about this right now. So for as much, you know, as much time as we spend talking about rule changes and all of this going on in Major League Baseball, much credit deserved to Major League Baseball for getting this one right. We don't want to see pitchers going up there and going one for 30 and getting a single and getting lucky. We want to see. Bryce Harper being able to do this when he's hurt. And we would not be able to see any of this if this was last year or the year prior. But now because of the universal DH, we're able to see that. We're able to see guys like Nelson Cruz get a job in the National League, who's been playing great of late for the Nationals. I know he got off to a slow start, but he's got a hit in seven of his last games. In his last eight games, he's hitting almost 380 with two bombs and eight RBIs. So, Universal DH, good thing. Bryce Harper with a torn UCL, 
Not a good thing, but he's playing great with it. I, I needed to talk about him. Not only is he killing it, but I also think he is still an underrated player in the game of baseball somehow. I, I still think that is the case. I think the question here, Ben, is what can't Bryce Harper do at this point? He's done it all pretty much. You're right. What, what, what can't he do? And what does he have to do for people to put him in that top, top, top tier? I don't know. I mean, he is obviously in that. But in terms of the public eye, like, I just feel like we're not talking about him as much as we should. He won an MVP award last year, his second ever MVP award. He's now done it with two different teams. He comes up with all of the, all of the hype in the entire world. I mean, Bryce Harper had LeBron-esque hype coming into Major League Baseball when he was 16, 17 years old. And what he has done as a result is just win MVP awards and a bunch of All-Stars, and he's now doing it on another team. And I, I just think we need to give him more credit for what he has done, for how hard he plays the game, for how hard he plays defense, for how well he does at the plate. I don't know what he has to do. I, I don't know the answer to that, to what he has to do to get on that level. I just think, quite honest with you, people don't like him. And, and I think it's because of all the hype he had coming up. I, I love the guy. I love what he does on the field, and I love what he does for the game of baseball. Definitely a great player. So flipping back today, we will definitely give Bryce Harper his flowers for sure. All right, so third base, a team who has been uh, on your list for quite some time now, and they are back on top, the Astros. Yes, the Houston Astros are back on top of the AL West in a division that everybody's been praising the Angels for a while now, and deservedly so. I, I do it more than anybody. I obviously love Shohei. I want to see the Angels do well. Everybody, I think, wants to see the Angels in the playoffs. They want to see Mike Trout and Shohei in the playoffs. But let's pump the brakes here. The Houston Astros are still the best team in the AL West. And, you know, it's funny. We, we sat here last week or two weeks ago, and producer Conrad asked me, do you think the Yankees' 11-game win streak will be the longest that we see in baseball? And I said, no, I, I don't think so. And immediately, I'm made to look good because the Houston Astros went out and surpassed that mark, got to 12 wins in a row. Ever since Jose Altuve has come back from his IL stint, it's been remarkable what the team is doing, what Altuve is doing. He has six homers since he came back not that long ago. It's, it's been impressive what they've done. And then Sunday, Justin is back out on the mound. And, and what, a, what a year he's having to this point. But then on Sunday, again, his first start since Tommy John surgery that he is on normal day's rest for a pitcher. To start the year, the entire Astros rotation was on a six-man rotation to give him his time, to give him time to come back. This was his first start on normal rest. And he went out and threw really well. He didn't have his best stuff by any means. That first inning, he was kind of all over the place. Not great. Ends up getting out of it. Gets out of a few jams. He was fantastic. He was throwing hard through 98.3 miles an hour is what he topped out at, by the way. 98.3. He's 39 years old. It's impressive. Really impressive. That was my tweet. Multiple 97s and a 98 mile an hour from Justin in the first inning. The Astros have been great. They are back to playing great baseball. They are back to being the best team in the AL West. They're one of the best teams in the American League. Let's not get it twisted. And they did it last year. We saw them get off to a slow-ish start. They ended up winning the pennant and going back to the World Series. This is a good tweet from Chandler Rome. Said Justin Verlander threw a season high 107 pitches during his first post Tommy John start on four days of rest. He struck out five, walked three, matched his season high with 17 swings and misses. His ERA is 1.38, and opponents are batting 146 against him, which is the best in the league. This pitching staff has been getting it done. 
the entire Houston Astros team has been getting it done. Look, entering Sunday, listen to where the Astros rank in certain categories. Third in Major League Baseball in Team ERA. Fourth in WHIP with 1.12. Tied for fourth in all of baseball in home runs and tied for first in fielding percentage at 990. I don't know about you guys. That covers it all. Pitch, hit, defense. This tweet, the most shutouts in Major League Baseball. The Angels are at seven. The Astros are at seven. Then you have the Cardinals and the Mets both at six. They're doing it all. They're pitching, they're hitting, and they're playing defense. As the, as the great saying goes, baseball is a simple game. Don't make it difficult. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, and you catch the ball. And if you do those things, you're going to be a pretty, pretty good baseball team. And right now, the Astros are, are doing just that, and they deserve all the credit. So do the Angels for what they're doing in Anaheim. It is fantastic. But what the Astros are doing is showing, hey, we're, we're still the best team in this division. The Astros are no doubt having a great season, but for our home base, our last team, people may say they're the cream of the crop. I the Yankees. That. Ben Verlander's words, they are the cream of the crop. <laughs> Talk more about exactly what they've been doing this past week. Well, they've been winning. That's pretty simple. The New York Yankees have been winning a bunch of games. And I, I believe I was the first to put the Yankees at number one in my power rankings a couple of weeks ago. Fast forward to now, and they're playing great ball. The, the knock at the time was, well, who have the New York Yankees really played? They, they haven't played anybody to be able to be at that point, uh, to be there on your list. Well, guess what? They've beat the Blue Jays in a series in Toronto. Then they sweep the Blue Jays in a two-game set. They've beat a bunch of good teams at this point, and, and they're just doing it across the board. Like I just said, with what the Astros are doing, the Yankees are doing just that, and they might even be doing it better. They're throwing the ball, pitching great. They're hitting the ball. Their offense has been lights out, and they're catching the ball. Their defense is up there in the tops of baseball. That's a good recipe for success. The stars for the Yankees. That's where this difference comes. The stars for the Yankees have been stars. Judge has been phenomenal. Stanton's been good. Joey Gallo heating up, by the way. Everybody out there that was giving Joey Gallo a bunch of crap for how he started the year, make sure you give him credit when he's doing things well. Now he's playing good baseball. He's hitting the ball well. He's starting to hit it for power. Yes, he started the year abysmal striking out what seemed like four times a game. He's always going to be a guy that strikes out a lot. But as long as he can be a guy that every time he comes up, he's a power threat and can hit the ball out of the yard, and he can hit 280 like he has over the course of his last, you know, couple weeks, that's what you want out of a guy like that. So the Yankees are doing it in, in every facet of the game. They started the season 5-5. Five and five. It was doomsday in New York. Everybody was saying, oh, the Blue Jays are so good. The Yankees stink. Well, since that 5-5 five and five start, the Yankees have gone 20-4. and 20-4. That's remarkable. Entering Sunday, they were tied for first in baseball in home runs, second in all of baseball in OPS at 752, first in team ERA. That's a great recipe for success. And they are just winning games. They're winning them. Well, they go on the road against a good White Sox team, a really good White Sox team, and win three of four in all different ways. They win close games, and then they win blowouts. The bullpen's been good. Look, this is what I like most about the Yankees this year. They didn't go out and make that huge move that everybody said they should have or that everybody wanted them to. But they went out and made moves that helped the team. They got more dynamic. They added Kiner Falefa, who's really good defensively, has been pretty good to start the year offensively. They add Josh Donaldson, who brings a different grit to the team, a different personality. I really like what they've done. They're a lot more dynamic than we've ever seen. Tim LaCastro is able to come in and pinch run at the end of the game and, and just be lightning fast around the bases. 
Kudos to the New York Yankees for where they are. They deserve a lot of credit. And you know who also does? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge dealt with all offseason and leading up to the season, contract talks. He's the guy for the New York Yankees. You look at the New York Yankees and the guy is big old number 99 that wears pinstripes and plays right field. So leading up to the year, there was all this talk about him getting a new contract. They end up offering him. He thought he got lowballed by the Yankees. He said no. He turned down the contract, and he has gone out and been an MVP-type player. He is one of the leading candidates for the MVP award. He's leading baseball in home runs. He is a superstar. He is Aaron Judge. He is making the, making the Yankees laugh and say, man, we probably should have paid him. You have to love that. You have to love when a guy bets on himself and wins. And that's what he did. That's what Aaron Judge is doing. He is betting on himself. And man, is he winning. First in MLB in home runs at 12. Tied for fourth in RBIs. First in the American League in runs scored and total bases. And up to this point right now, through Sunday, Judge has reached base in 16 of his last games. It's special what he's doing. I love it. I love a good, I love a good story where a guy bets on himself and he wins. Because those teams, at the end of the day, they, they don't care. It's what can you do for me. They don't care if you're the captain of the team, if you're whatever you mean to the city. It's what have you done for me on the field only. And Aaron's Judge, Aaron Judge said, okay, I'm the captain of this team. I'm number 99. Everybody knows my jersey. I'll show you what I can do on the field, and it's going to cost you a lot more money. That's what he's doing right now, and I love to see it. The New York Yankees are rolling, and they're making me look great because of where they've been in my power rankings. So you just spoke about the moves the Yankees are making and then also your power rankings. I'm curious to know if the Yankees have moved up or down on your rankings list. That's right. It is MLB power rankings time. The, the Everybody's favorite time to critique, sure. to look at your rankings and say, wow, Ben, you're so dumb. Or, wow, Ben, thanks for showing my team some love. Every Monday, it is time to update those MLB power rankings. And let's do it. Let's start at number 10, the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that has fallen. And they have fallen fast. I've had them in the top three pretty much all year. Last week, they were in the top five, moved them down a little bit. And now... They're barely hanging on by a thread at the bottom of these power rankings. They are at number 10. They are 18 and 17. They are still a very good baseball team. I believe in them, but if they keep losing for much longer, they're going to be off this list for a little while because you can't lose as many games as they are. They haven't been very good. They've lost seven of their last 10. This offense that is incredible is just not rolling right now, and they are here at number 10 on my power rankings. At number nine, the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays, they just keep winning. They just keep winning baseball games. You don't know how they do it. They don't know what their roster is going to look like coming into a year, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter who the Rays have on the field. They're going to win. They're going to win ball games. They beat the Jays in a series. So I, I was doing these power rankings and thought, you know what? I'm not going to think too much into it. The, the Rays are playing better. They have a better record. And they just beat the Blue Jays head-to-head. All right, so at number eight, Ben, who do you have? At number eight, we've been talking a lot about the NL West. The Giants, the first of those teams to show up on these power rankings. The Giants have been great. Look, what, what happened last year? They win the division. They beat the Dodgers. And everybody's saying, ah, can they really replicate that this year? I don't know if they can replicate as many wins as they had last year, but I don't really care. They're a fantastic baseball team, and they're still playing really, really well. So they show up here at number eight on this week's power rankings. All right, so next up, Ben, number seven. At number seven, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. 
we all know what this pitching staff can do. It's phenomenal. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. Then you have the back end of the bullpen, Devin Williams, Josh Hader. So pitching-wise is great. For me with the Brewers, it comes down to offensively. What can you get from the Brewers offensively? And sometimes it's looked great this year. Sometimes it hasn't looked great. They've been, they, they were on fire of late. It's been, oh, okay. So they show up here at number seven because no matter what they're doing offensively, they will be in games because of the top one, two, and three. And four in that rotation. Lauer's been great. The Brewers have been really good. They've been a lot of fun to watch. Rowdy Telez this year has been great. Um, they need some help in the middle of that bullpen. They need some help bridging the gap. But the Brewers are here at number seven. All right, next up, number six. Who do you have? Number six, the San Diego Padres, another NL West team. They're leading the way in the NL West as we, as we currently speak. It's the Bob Melvin effect. I'm telling you, this team had all the talent in the world last year. They just didn't figure out how to hone it in and win ball games when all was said and done. And coming into this year, I said they just have to tread water. Without Tatis, they just have to tread water and be okay. They've been better than okay. I think a big part of that, and I can't give too much credit to the manager because he's not the one out there playing. Those guys deserve credit, which we can get to in a second. Bob Melvin deserves a lot of credit for what he is doing with this team, even without Fernando Tatis. But Manny Machado is playing like an absolute unanimous MVP at this point. He's been fantastic. Eric, Eric Hosmer has been really good. The pitching staff has been good. So the Padres are here at number six on this list. All right, so now we're down to your top five. Who do you have at number five? At number five, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers. As we speak, they just won on a walk-off. So they saved a little bit of that series, which was just abysmal against the Phillies. So they've fallen a little bit in these, in these rankings. They have fallen, uh, but they're still here in the top five. That walk-off was huge for them. It saves a disaster sweep against a Phillies team that hadn't been great to this point. Look, it's plain and simple. The Dodgers need to be better. They've been at the top of my power rankings this year. They've been consistently in the top three. And now they're here at number five. It just has to be better. You have too talented of a team to be where they are. And, and obviously, they're still fine. They're 21 and 12. But they're too talented to be losing this many games in a row. They had lost four or five in a row. It just wasn't pretty. They were making a bunch of errors. It just it, it wasn't great. So they're here at number five. They can be better. They, they can be much better. But I, I think five, in my opinion, is probably as low as they are going to get this year. It just hasn't been great. Um, but they certainly have the capability of flipping that switch and being really good really, really fast. They're a scary team. They are. But they just need to show it. They have too many guys in that lineup right now that have been just not playing up to their potential. Max Muncy has, hasn't been very good. Bellinger needs – Bellinger – needs to have a resurgent year and it hasn't it's been better than last year but it hasn't been great Mookie looks like he's getting better but the, the team has been concerning a little bit but they're still here at number five for sure and practice makes perfect so who knows where we'll see them at next all right number four who do you have at number four the New York Mets the Mets are an elite team in baseball that I don't know another way to put it they just are they are really good they're really fun. There's something special happening in Queens. The crowd is into it. The players are into it. Buck Showalter is into it, as well as Shakira a little bit. I don't know if you saw that. Shakira was throwing out, supposed to throw out the first pitch the other day. And in his pregame press conference, he all he could talk about was how he wanted to meet her. And it happened. There's a cool picture of that happening. They're just rolling. The team is rolling. The pitching's been good. The hitting has been good. The defense has been good. And they are at the top of that NL East. And they're at number four on my power rankings. All right, next up, number three, who do you have? The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I've moved them up. They're at number three. I, I don't know what more to say to people that aren't a believer in this team. If you're not a believer, you're wrong. They are really good. They have thankfully been healthy. So you have Trout and Otani back-to-back -back in that lineup. You have... You have 
Taylor Ward playing on an MVP level, which is remarkable. You have Brandon Marsh playing well. You have the pitching staff looking good. The back end of the bullpen, Rysel Iglesias is a lockdown closer. Aaron Loop has been good. It's, it's a total package for this team. I would like to see them. I think they are one piece away from being elite, the, the elites of the league. I don't think they're there quite yet, but right now I, I can't not put them here. They are at number three on my power rankings, and they deserve to be here. All right, Ben, we're down to the top two teams. Who do you have at number two this week? At number two, they're back up at the top of the list, the Houston Astros. The Astros won 12 in a row. We talked about them a lot at the top of this show. They're doing it all. They're pitching, they're hitting, and they're playing defense well, and that is a great recipe for success. And since Jose Altuve has come off of the IL, they haven't lost a game in which he played in. It's been remarkable. He has six bombs since he came off the IL. The whole team has been doing really well. The rotation has been awesome. It starts with Justin, and it goes down the list. From Valdez. Jake Odorizzi has even been really good. Jose Urquidy, I mean, Luis Garcia, the rotation's been fantastic. The offense is playing well. The Houston Astros have been funny this year. They started the season at the top of the power rankings. They slid down all the way to the point where they were off the power rankings. Then they make their way back on, and now they are back at the top of the power rankings, where this team belongs. They are elite. They have made it to five consecutive AL championship series, and they are certainly well on their way to perhaps doing it again. All right, drum roll, please. Number one, who is your number one team this week for power rankings? My number one team is the New York Yankees. Again, I believe this is three consecutive weeks now. The Yankees are doing it all. I just talked about it with the Astros. The Yankees are as well. And they're doing it with their superstars being superstars. Aaron Judge leading the league in homers. Um, Garrett Cole has been fantastic in his last four starts. He's 3-0 with a 1.43 ERA and 34 strikeouts in 25 and a third inning. Look, the beginning of the year, everyone was, well, Garrett Cole, he's just not the same. Guess what? He is. He still throws 100 with a wipeout slider, and nobody's going to hit that. And over the course of the past four starts, nobody has been hitting that. The Yankees are doing it all. They're winning games at home. They're winning them on the road. They're winning games in fun walk-off, come-from-behind fashion, and they're winning games in blowout fashion, and, and that's a good recipe. The New York Yankees are the best team in Major League Baseball right now. They have been for some time, and if you've been on the team, on the bandwagon of, well, are they really? Who have they been playing? Well, you're wrong. Guess what? They've been playing good teams now. They've been beating those good teams, and they are at number one this week on my top 10 power rankings. Producer Rhea, this is, this is fun. This is always a fun segment. You know what's fun about this one? This week, number one on the list, the New York Yankees. You know what this reminds me of? You're taking over. You're out here. Producer Rhea in place of Producer Conrad. We might have a little Wally Pipp situation here. I don't know. I don't know if you – do you know who Wally Pipp is? Well, Producer Bartlett actually told me the story earlier, so I'm somewhat familiar with it. Yes, Wally Pipp took over – no, he got taken over. He was an everyday player. Lou Gehrig comes along. Wally Pipp says, hey, I, I need a day. And the rest is history. So producer Conrad, he needed a day. Not to, you know, I'm not saying you're Lou Gehrig, but <laughs> I'm enjoying it. This has been a lot of fun. I mean, fun. It's, been, so. it's been a blast for me. So watch, watch out, producer Conrad. I'm here to take over. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. Producer Conrad is very much so missed today. And uh, New York Yankees round out the top 10. So it seemed maybe it was just fitting. But they round out the top 10 power rankings this week. Stay tuned next week for my top 10 MLB power rankings. All right, now it is time for my favorite segment we have on this show. This week in Shohei Otani news, we have a lot to cover this week. He hit his 100th career MLB home run already. He is so back into MVP form. Speaking of MVP, I was there the other night when he got his MVP award from last year. 
So we'll talk about that night, as well as the Sports Illustrated article that came out that talks about him being a goofball in the locker room. So we'll talk about that in a little while. Let's start with his 100th career MLB home runs. Already, he is the third Japanese-born player in history with 100 career homers. Ichiro Suzuki, Hideki Matsui, and Shohei Otani. Shohei did it faster than all of them by a good bit. Ichiro did it in over, uh, over 1,800 games. Hideki Matsui did it in close to 700 games. And Shohei did it in about 460-ish games. Remarkable. Otani is just the third native of Japan to collect 100 home runs in a career. Joining Matsui, who finished with 175. Ichiro Suzuki, 117. And at 444 career games, he reached the mark faster than any other Japanese player in Major League Baseball history. It feels like he just started recently. I mean, his career is so young. To already be at 100 home runs is truly Truly incredible. So a great feat as we record this on on Sundays and Shohei hit another home run today. So he is at 101 career home runs and he's off and running. Who knows how many he's going to hit? It is truly remarkable, which leads me to my next point. Shohei is back in MVP form. I mean, when I say that, he's back to the form that he was in last year, if not better offensively over the course of the past week. He's hit 333, four homers on the week, 12 RBIs. He's stealing bases too. And then on the mound, he's been lights out. You know, Shohei had a start the other day where he threw six innings, gave up one run, struck out five guys. And people are to the point where when Shohei just does that, when he just has a really good start, People will say, I mean, it wasn't that great. Stop. Well, let's think about this. That start, you will take 10 times out of 10 from your best pitcher on your team. It's remarkable what he's doing. He has set the bar so high that when he goes out and doesn't throw a no-hitter or flirt with a no-hitter or a perfect game, we're saying, ah, was his start really that good? Yes. Yes, it is. So he is so back offensively. What I have seen from him is is a total shift from where he started to start the year, you know, or from where he was to start the year. We've seen a good ability from him in every facet of the game this year to be able to adjust. We saw it on the mound. He's able to adjust and pitch much better when he might not have his A game stuff. And now we've seen it at the plate. He admittedly, wasn't hitting as best as he knows he can to start the year. There were a lot of balls where he would roll over to the second baseman and he'd have a couple of bats in a game where he'd hit those rollover bouncing ground balls to the second baseman. Now what we're seeing is the complete opposite of that. And we're seeing him start to take off. He's now taking that same pitch and instead of rolling it over to the second baseman, He's staying inside that ball and hitting rockets to the left center gap, and most of them are getting out. His last few home runs, four of his last five, it seemed, have been line drive home runs to left center field. That's when you know Shohei Otani is locked in. He said last Sunday, I feel like I'm close. I feel like at the plate, I'm close. Well, he followed that up the very next day by hitting two home runs, his first ever grand slam that he has ever hit, by the way, professionally, both in Japan and in the United States. He had never hit a grand slam. And he did that, the, he did that last week as well. That was awesome to see. He is so back. He is so back at the plate, and he is killing it on the mound. And that's what resulted last year in his unanimous MVP award. Now, speaking of that award, I got to go the other night to Anaheim to the game that he accepted that award. I was down on the field. I don't even know if I was supposed to be down on the field. I just made my way down there. Nobody stopped me. Shohei comes out to get his award, and I'm standing right there taking pictures of it. Um, I'm just kidding. 
I was supposed to be down there. But I was right next to him when he got the award. And I thought that he was going to be getting his one unanimous MVP award. Wrong. Shohei got what seemed like a lifetime's worth of awards the other night when I was there in Anaheim. The table of awards that he won was truly remarkable. Yes, the MVP award was there. But I couldn't have expected All the other awards he had got, he got. If you're watching this, you can see the table with all the awards. It is truly a mantle full from one season's worth of awards. Now, I have it all written down on a note card. There are so many awards that I literally had to write them down on a note card so we could go over all of them. So this is those awards and what they were. The AL MVP Award. The Commissioner's Historical Achievement Award, which I was also there when he accepted that in Houston during the World Series. The Commissioner does not give that award, award out every single year. He has only given it out once in, his, in, in Manfred's time being in the commissioner's office. Shohei Otani got that award. The Edgar Martinez Award. The Silver Slugger Award. All MLB first team and second team awards. An all-star at the DH position and starting, position, starting pitcher. AP Male Athlete of the Year. An ESPY Award. The Nick Adenhart Award and the Baseball America Player of the Year Award. Are you kidding me? It's remarkable. There are so many awards. I, I walked down there and I was mind blown. Those are all the things he got from last year. Now we're on to this year. And he has carried that exact same form over into this year. And now he's taken off. He is off and running. He does things every day that are truly remarkable. But the difference is this year, the Angels are winning baseball games, and Shohei is having more fun on the field, in the locker room, because of, those, because of those winning games they're having, because of that culture, because of that atmosphere. Shohei is having fun. You can see it. I'm definitely having the most fun right now, Shohei, this year. Sports Illustrated actually wrote an article about him and the fun that he's having this year on the field, in the clubhouse, because we can certainly see it. It's not like I'm making, you can see within every game how much fun he's having. But they, they do this article on him, they title it Goofball, and it's all about Shohei Otani and the fun that he's having in that locker room. I remember Tyler Wade came over from the Yankees to the Angels. This is his first year there. And he said as much. He said, I wasn't expecting his personality to be as it is. At first, I was, I was very taken aback. I thought he would be more reserved. But now you get to see his funny side. There truly is a funny side, and you see it. I read, a, I read all of this article, and, and a few of the things that stuck out to me are, one, whenever teammate Patrick Sandoval is out there watching him throw his bullpen, Shohei will be throwing his bullpen, he'll finish up, and he'll want to throw a ball to the ball to Sandoval. But every time, he'll wait until Sandoval isn't looking, and then he'll toss him the ball, he'll miss it, and then Shohei will just break out into laughter because he dropped the ball, because he wasn't looking. And then in the locker room, he'll go over to Sandoval's locker, and he'll just like stand there at his locker until he notices them, and then he'll find them, and he'll scare them, and then Sandoval, this was quoted in the article, will say, are you serious? And Shohei will respond back, are you serious? And make fun of him. He's a little kid. He's a goofball in the locker room, exactly like that article is titled, Goofball. It's fun. It's fun to watch him this year. You can see how much fun he is having playing the game. I'm glad that article was written about him. And even, even in it, it talks about how Tyler Wade, from the Yankees to the Angels, who we mentioned earlier, is now known in Japan as Ikemen, which means hot boy. That's what he calls Tyler Wade in the locker room. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. You love to see it. You love how good he is on the field. And I know we talk about him all the time on this show. I talk about him all the time. But it's rightfully so. He's the unanimous MVP. He's bringing eyes to baseball that have never seen it before. He is changing the game for the better. And he is having so much fun this year while doing it. That's why we have it. 
That's why we have the set the way we do. That's why I have this incredible shirt that, in my opinion, could have even more of his faces on it. I wish it did. But that does it for this week's Shohei Otani news segment. Tune back next week. There's going to be more. He's going to be breaking records. He's going to be having fun doing it. And I can't wait to tell you all about it. But that does it for this week's segment of This Week in Shohei Otani News. All right, and next up, look, we're a little bit over 30 games into the season at this point. So I wanted to do a list updating the top five players in Major League Baseball. So let's get into that. Now, this is a list of an updated. Now, not just the best players in baseball, who has been playing the best, but now that we're a little bit into this season, who are the top five best players in Major League Baseball? Let's start with number five on the list, and it is Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals. Arenado has been back into the form that it looked like he was in in, in Colorado when he played for the Rockies. He's been awesome this year. He plays a fantastic defense. He's a multi-gold glove award winner over at third base, and he's hitting really, really well this year. Apparently, he made a bunch of changes this offseason, uh, got into a lot of things to help his swing, and as well as mentally to help him. So Arenado has been fantastic. 311, seven homers, 27 RBIs already this year. He comes in on this list at number five. Number four on this list, a fellow third baseman, Manny Machado. Machado is having what appears to be a potential MVP season. You know, I said for a while that the Padres needed somebody to step up in the place of Fernando Tatis. He's done more than that. He's hitting 359 so far this year, seven homers, 23 RBIs. Manny Machado is back to looking like he did in his days with the Orioles. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Every single at bat has been fantastic. He's also playing a pretty good defense over there. Manny Machado comes in on this list at number four. Number three, the top five players in Major League Baseball, Aaron Judge. He bet on himself, and he's winning. 12 homers already this season. 27 RBIs. Aaron Judge has been phenomenal. Walk-off, three-run bombs. He's been clutch. He's playing good defense. He's hitting well. I mean, what more could you want? He's the king in the Bronx. He's big number 99, rocking the pinstripes. He's, he's a figure out there in right field. He should be the captain of the New York Yankees, and he comes in at number three on this list. He is going to get paid now. Number two on this list, Mike Trout. He's back, he is healthy, and he is showing everybody why he is one of the greatest players to ever play this game. 314 on the year, nine homers, 20 RBIs. That's the big thing for him. He's always been this. He's Mike Trout. He's always been this good. He's just healthy. And when Mike Trout is healthy, well, that's scary. Nine homers already. I was there. I was there last week when he hit two in the game, including one off of known absolute star pitcher, Brett Phillips. One of them was off of him, so even more impressive there. Trout comes in at number two on this list. So number one, the number one top player in Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani. He is two all-star players in one. He's pitching well, three wins on the mound, a 2.78 ERA, and he's hitting so much better now. Seven homers, 24 RBIs. He's figured out his swing. He even told everyone, I feel like I am close. Ever since then, he has taken off. 333 over the last week, four bombs, 12 RBIs. He's showing emotion. He's been incredible. He's been a large part of the reason that the Angels are as good as they are. And pitching-wise, I just don't know where to start. Every time out, he's got no-hit stuff, it seems. He almost had a no-hitter earlier in the year. Every start now where he comes out and doesn't flirt with a no-hitter, people are saying, well, it wasn't that impressive. It is so impressive. Shohei Otani is two all-stars in one player, and that's why he is at the top of my list of the top five players 
in Major League Baseball. But that does it this week for Flippin' Bats. As always, I have an extra innings episode or an extra innings segment that I like to get into. One final thing, a final thought, whether it be a feel-good story or just something that catches my eye, but always one more thing. And this one, well, I teased it off the top of the episode. The Cincinnati Reds threw a no-hitter, and they lost the game. Now, I hear you. It doesn't technically count and go down as a no-hitter, but Hunter Green of the Reds threw seven and a third hitless innings, and they never gave up a hit the rest of the game. They scored on walks and, and other stuff, but they end up losing the game one to nothing to the Pirates. You heard that right. They didn't give up a hit, and they lost the game. And that, my friends, is the story of the 2022 Cincinnati Reds. Final line for Hunter Green, seven and a third innings, zero hits, nine strikeouts, and a loss. He got the loss. The Pirates became the sixth team in MLB history to be no hit and to still win. The first time since the Dodgers in 2008. Pirates won, Reds zero. The Reds got just four hits. Unbelievable. I was watching that and had no idea that it would result in what it did. I don't, I don't think I have ever seen a no-hitter, technically not a no-hitter, but a team get no hits and win the game. Remarkable. And that's how we had to finish this episode. That does it for the first Flippin' Bats episode of the week. A big old recap from around the league of Major League Baseball. This week in Shohei Otani news. Another list. A bunch of fun stuff. Always a fun episode. Tune in Wednesday for another guest episode. But this has been a fun one. Another episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Rate it five stars. Follow it. Check us out on social media. Twitter. Instagram. Uh, YouTube. Every episode you can watch the video on YouTube. It's all at Flippin' Bats Pod. Thanks again for listening. I will see you all on Wednesday. Peace.